0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Civics 101 is supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
2: The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations. All having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. One of the things that I like about the Declaration of Independence, though the more we visit it, the more problematic things we find in it, but one thing I can say I like about it is its directness.
1: Yeah, it does a lot in only 1,300 words.
2: It's an argument. It's a solid argument in four parts. First, a preamble saying what the document is, then a statement of human rights, and the claim that when a government doesn't give you those rights, it's your job to alter or abolish it. And then we got the grievances, and finally, the action. Because of the above, we're ending this relationship. And throughout this series, we have talked about the immediate criticism and accusations of hypocrisy in it. And yet, it lives on. It lives on as this core of our American identity. So what if you didn't just criticize it or call it to task? What if you used its power of argument as a tool to fight inequality?
0: Right, in 1848 in America, probably every school child was forced to memorize this document. Everyone knew the words. They all knew the rhythm, the cadence. It would have been a deeply familiar text to them.
2: I'm Nick Capodice.
0: I'm Hannah McCarthy.
2: And this is Civics 101. Today is our third and final revisit to the Declaration of Independence, and we're exploring the Declaration of Sentiments the document at the heart of the women's rights movement. And we spoke with Laura Free. She's a professor at Hobart and William Smith Colleges. And she's also the host of Amended, a new wonderful podcast about the myths and realities of the long fight for women's suffrage.
1: So we should start with what the Declaration of Sentiments actually is. Yeah. So the Declaration of Sentiments um, is essentially
0: the central manifesto of the early women's rights movement. It was a text that was created uh, by a group of women, one of whom was Elizabeth Cady Stanton, in Seneca Falls in 1848 in upstate New York.
2: Elizabeth Cady Stanton was an activist and one of the first leaders of the women's rights movement. She helped organize the Seneca Falls Convention and wrote the Declaration of Sentiments, which was an extremely influential document at the time. Uh, Judith Wellman, she's a historian of the convention at Seneca Falls. She called it the single most important factor in spreading news of the women's rights movement around the country. Quick side note. When Laura was referencing the Declaration of Sentiments in the interview, she was reading from this massive reproduction of it.
0: I have this in front of me, and and, and you're going to laugh because um, this was a gift to me from a student. And for Halloween, when my, my kid was seven, maybe, she wanted to be Eliza Witch, Katie Stanton. So she wore a witch hat and the Declaration of Sentiments around
1: her neck. That's adorable. Of course, if you're the daughter of Laura Free, that's how you go for Halloween. But why 1848? And what makes them think that this is the way to go?
2: Well, starting in the early 1800s, a small number of women begin to group up and push back against societal restrictions against them. And in 1840, Stanton goes to London for an anti-slavery convention. And on the boat ride back, she befriends abolitionist, activist and Quaker Lucretia Coffin Mott. And the two of them on the boat start to plan their own convention, one to further the cause of women's rights. And in 1848, Mott and others put in an announcement in the Seneca County Courier calling a convention to discuss the social, civil and religious conditions and rights of women.
0: And so that goes out just to sort of the locals. And so they sit around and they start talking and they're like, well, wh- what are we going to do with this meeting? We've never had a women's rights meeting before. Maybe we should, you know, have something that people should talk about and maybe even vote on. Stanton herself claims credit for this, but it's not clear that that she's the one who came up with the idea. But someone said, you know, what if we used the Declaration of Independence as a model? What if that was our guide? And... um I, I, I'm sure everyone went, "Oh, yeah." So, um Stanton does do a lot of the work of making of writing this. And so she she takes the original declaration. She goes home and she says, "Okay, let's 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 fix this." <laughs> right? Let's fix this for women. And um, you know, the the of course the best line is the, is that the the first one of the second paragraph where she says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal Right? Like that right there would have signaled to everyone who saw it, who listened to it, who heard it be read out loud, whoa, wait, something's different. <laughs> something's different here. Um, and perhaps, you know, at that point, a lot of people would have accepted the term men to mean all humans without thinking about it, right? It was, it was um, often a term used to mean people generally. But the fact that Um, she put in women there was a a, a wake-up call in some ways for for the people listening.
2: The original declaration says all men are created equal, and as we've said in several episodes, women, people of color, enslaved Americans, Native Americans, and white non-landowners were not included. The Declaration of Sentiments is even shorter than the Declaration of Independence. It's under a thousand words, but it uses that same powerful four-part argument.
0: And the other thing that Stanton does in the Declaration of Sentiments that really parallels well to the original is, you know, the whole declaration is in some ways a, a wake-up letter to the king, right? Like, yo, king, here's what you've done. And Stanton takes that format and she applies it to men and women. So she's like, yo, men, here's what you've done that have have made all of the women in America unequal. Um, she's, you know, calling them out here.
1: And it's an exhaustive list. It's got 16 grievances against, quote, he, the first of which is he has not ever permitted her to exercise her inalienable right to the elective franchise.
2: He has never permitted her to vote. And that one, that's the first one, it was the most controversial at the time.
0: Oh, Stanton read them this draft version of the Declaration of Sentiments and Lucretia Mott says to her in her, in her lovely Quaker 19th century language, she says, Lizzie, thee will make us ridiculous that the, the right to vote, to, to, um, the demand for the right to vote was so was so radical, it's going to be problematic. Um, now, there's some issues with that. There are lots of people prior to this moment who had been asking for the right to vote, right? Women voted in New Jersey until 1807. Um, there were women in colonial Massachusetts that we know who voted. So, you know, it's not, it's not completely unheard of, but it was fairly radical. And so when the meeting takes place, uh, everyone, all of these ideas are raised and people are like yeah yeah sure sure and then they get to, they get they get to voting rights and um the, the convention you can you can kind of imagine maybe like took a kind of a deep breath like okay what are we gonna do with this one and and Stanton herself it was her first time speaking in public and she professed to being very nervous and felt like she didn't do a good job defending um defending this provision and so she turns to Frederick Douglass
2: Douglass who escaped slavery just ten years earlier became one of the most influential abolitionists in American history. He gave speeches around the world advocating for equality and ending slavery, and he attended the convention in Seneca Falls.
0: He says something along the lines of, um, without the ballot, none of these other changes are going to be possible because women have to have sufficient power to make these other things stick, essentially, and that the vote is, is the way to do that.
1: I find it really interesting that the question of getting women the right to vote was the most controversial because there are some grievances in there that are quite advanced for the time. Yeah, the declaration asks for equal pay for equal work
0: for women, right? You know, something that still is not achieved in America today.
1: I mean, equal pay. Women only earned the right to sue their employers for unequal pay in 2010.
2: Yeah, and, and another grievance, Stanton accuses men of playing God.
1: You know, the
0: language she used, she says, he has us- usurped the prerogative of Jehovah himself, claiming it as his right to assign for her a sphere of action when that belongs to her conscience and her God. So basically, she's saying men put themselves above God by trying to tell women what they can and can't do. And so in some ways, she's using religion to in indict men further for their bad behavior. So it's not just that men tell women what to do. Men are trying to take over and become God. And so that, I think, gives it a degree of, of power for her listeners or her, her her listeners her readers or whoever would see this um, they would they would they maybe would resonate with that and say wow nobody should get in between somebody
1: and God oh that's so interesting because that's that's kind of the the best bit of the Magna Carta right that no one is above God or the law not even the rulers not even kings all right give me just one more grievance
2: oh you got it here's one. He closes against her all the avenues to wealth and distinction, which he considers most honorable to himself as a teacher of theology, medicine or the law. She is not known.
1: Women couldn't become doctors or lawyers. No,
2: they weren't permitted to attend medical school or law school. The first woman lawyer, Arabella Mansfield, was admitted to the Iowa Bar in 1869. Life is a highway. And
0: on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
2: of a detour. Hey there, everyone. Hey, folks. The whole Civics 101 team is here in D.C. for a week. That's why you hear cars and stuff whizzing by. Uh, We are in the district to talk to the people that we talk about on a daily basis. And a lot of those people work in the executive branch.
1: That is the largest employer in the world.
2: And a lot of those people work in the civil service, where, after the assassination of James Garfield, it's a long story, they take an exam to make sure that they are the right person for their job.
1: But if you run a business, and you're not the federal government, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, but to match instead with
2: Indeed. 93% of employers agree, Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites.
1: 23 hires are made on Indeed every minute, and their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets.
2: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com civics.
1: Just go to Indeed.com civics right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast.
2: Indeed.com slash civics. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire? You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward.
0: Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Trick responsibly. you reported by Crown
2: Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Jeez. All right, so th- there is one grievance I do think that we need to address. The third one an accusation that I know that Laura and other scholars have explored in their work. This one says, He has withheld her from rights which are given to the most ignorant and degraded men, both natives and foreigners. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the that's the one that's
0: a signal um, to me that... Um, that the women's rights movement is not going to take up the cause of equality for all people. It's going to argue, and, and Stanton herself is, 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 is the flag bearer for this aspect of the movement, but it's going to argue essentially that white women should have the same rights as white men, not necessarily that all people should have should all be equal. Um, Stanton is, is particularly unhappy at this point and she becomes increasingly so over the next 20 years um, that there are men that she believes to be her own personal inferior who have more power and more rights in American society than she does. And that's that's her signal there about who, who she feels um, that she's better than. And um, by the 1860s this becomes fully blown racist language and arguments and she's letting her baggage show here in a way right um that uh that she's she considers herself better than other people and she's gonna put that right front and center of the women's rights movement and nobody really calls her on that bit you know, they accept, the they vote on all of the provisions of the declaration and um, no one says, hey, at least we don't have record of anyone saying in the meeting, hey, you know, maybe that's not the nicest thing you could be saying here when we're in a movement, uh, at a meeting for people who are, at, you know, looking for equality. Let's not also uh, retrench uh, race and class, you
1: know, inequalities in our movement. Yeah, we don't, we don't see that. This is something that we cannot separate from the movement, and Stanton specifically, that these women divorce women's suffrage from other issues of equality. It's the ugly truth that the best-known suffragists actively opposed the 15th Amendment, which gave Black American men the right to vote.
2: This document mimics the Declaration of Independence in its words and in its format. But there's one contrast that I wanted to ask Laura about. It's the action, the conclusion. The action in 1776 was, and therefore because of this, we're done with you, England. We're done with the he in all of those grievances. This isn't the case with the Declaration of Sentiments. 68 women signed it. But so did 32 men.
0: Most of their the people are, are, these are married people. These are people who live in close relationship with each other. Um, there are, are men present at the convention. They don't want to Get rid of men in the same way that um, Americans wanted to get rid of the king. They just want um, men to behave better. <laughs> they want they want the laws to be framed more equally. They want um, they want a seat at the table, essentially. And so, in some ways, they're not they're not
1: saying goodbye. They're asking to say hello. As we've revisited the Declaration of Independence in all of these episodes, one theme that struck me again and again was that the declaration has unending reverberations. It's got bad echoes in the case of the anti Native American language that made its way into Supreme Court decisions and good ones. It's used to incite change to advocate for equality.
2: Yeah. I asked Laura what the Declaration of Sentiments can teach us.
1: I think what I would
0: point to isn't anything inherent in the Declaration or in the movement or in the women's rights movement itself, but is um, just the persistence, right? Um, this is 1848 when the Declaration of Sentiments is is raised. Um, it's not until 1920 that the 19th Amendment is passed that denies states the right to discriminate on the basis of sex. But it's not even until the present moment that all women have the right to vote in a secure way. So um, it takes a really long time to make change in America. And I, um, it's so exciting right now to be living through this moment of, of profound, hopefully, transformation. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a marathon and not a sprint. Um, and Perhaps the women who met in 1848 knew that perhaps they did not. I don't know if they understood how long it was going to be before um, women's equality would be granted that it, it's still not even right at this moment. Um, but nevertheless they persisted. and I think that's um, the message that I, I try to carry um, is just to keep persisting.. La, 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 la.
2: That is a wrap, folks, on the Declaration of Sentiments, as well as our whole series on Revisiting the Declaration. A new civics episode will be out soon. Today's episode is produced by me, Nick Capodice, with you, Hannah McCarthy, and help from Jackie Fulton.
1: Erica Janik is our executive producer and wears the Declaration of Sentiments around her neck, even when it's not Halloween.
2: Music in this episode by Maiden, The Grand Affair, Azura, and that new twist on an old classic, Chris Zabriskie.
1: Every two weeks, Nick and I pour through the lesser-known ephemera related to our episodes, the interesting trivia that gets cut from them, and we write about it in extra credit, our bi-weekly newsletter. It's free, it's fun, and we just want you to read it. If you're interested, check it out at our website, civics101podcast.org. There's a big old button you can click on right
2: there. Civics 101 is supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue